Broadcasting directly from our studios in sunny Orlando, Florida, you are listening to Faith Unregulated. We are your hosts, Javi and Jessica Madrigal, and on this podcast, we discuss the hard topics around having bold faith, building strong character, and taking fearless action. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. On this episode, we have a special guest and we'll explore how God moves in medical situations for children and how they perceive their battles. As parents and caregivers, it can be challenging to navigate these situations, but we can find strength and guidance in biblical truths. So the very first thing uh, I'd like to do is introduce a little bit more about Sophia. Uh, Sophia is well, she's going to be 12. Her and her twin sister are going to be 12 on the 8th. So they have a birthday coming up. We're almost 12. You guys, that's a big deal, right? <laughs> We're only one year away from teenagers. Pray for us. Okay. So Sophia has um, what's called um, hypermobility type Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. It's benign. And I believe it's type three. After she was diagnosed when she was eight years old, this is when this started. She's now almost 12. And we finally got an actual accurate diagnosis this month. I mean, we're talking about she's been dealing with this, not exactly knowing what is what is that she's been dealing with. Um, she's had so many um, events having to do with this. And we always have no idea exactly what it is that she has because no doctor has um, taken the time to dive in and figure it out. And now we have the most amazing team of doctors in Florida. So God um, is all over that. Hey, Aunt Martha's here. Oh, hey, Aunt Martha. Aunt Martha, welcome to our podcast. So- <laughs> This is something that I feel like Sophia has a lot of expertise on. She definitely is um, bold in sharing her story with others her age and also adults alike. Um, and I would love for her to share uh, a little bit today about what she's been through and how she's walked through that with God and how we as parents have walked through that with her and all of the things that we as parents struggle with when we have a child going through something, especially something that we cannot explain, that we feel helpless because we don't know how to fix it. Because as parents, you know, we want to fix it, right? We always want to fix all those things for our kids. Um, and on top of that, we have another medical battle going on currently. So can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> Yeah, so I was having fun at a trampoline park for my friend's birthday, and I guess I went too high and my knee locked, and I completely tore my ACL, we found out. So fun! <laughs> totally. <laughs> She's an overachiever, and she completely tore her ACL. Not partially. Not partially. <laughs> she says, it's all or nothing over here. So, we, so we've had um, quite the journey in um, her ACL journey with her surgery being scheduled for May 2nd. And then we had to push it out six more weeks because our family just went through two weeks of illness and all kinds of fun things. So if you know us at all, you know, <laughs> we are good at being, um, being faithful through medical challenges. So something I wanted to um, dive into today was three verses that we brought up that we thought were really relevant to this journey. Okay. So I'm going to bring up three of those. First verse is Jeremiah 33, 6. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. Oh, I love that verse. Second verse is Psalm 41, 3. The Lord sustains them on their sickbed and restores them from their bed of illness. Amen. And third John 1, 2. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So, these three verses are what was really on Sophia and my heart. We really um, went over this beforehand and, and discussed it and thought, what is it we really want to help people um, 
understand when they're walking through these types of situations with their kids. And those three verses really rang true. God is our healer. Would you agree that God is our healer, Sophia? Yes. I mean, there's so many times that could tell me that there's nothing that could tell me that he's not our healer. It's just so many things that have given me the facts. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think having that personal experience instead of just maybe your parents or your church telling you about God, I think, has that helped you to have very, very personal experiences and encounters with God through these things? Yeah, it's definitely upped my faith from when I was younger because, I mean, I believed in God, but, and I know he's there, but I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I could do this every day. I could praise him every day for this. But mm -hmm. since he's given me this, I've just had so much faith and it's brought me yeah. closer to him. Oh, sure. I love that. Mm. <laughs> so good. Okay. So let's talk about what we have to go through today. I'm going to just start off right from the top. Trusting in God's plan is really important when it comes to walking through these things. Knowing that God has a plan when you're talking about medical battles, you guys, is rough. And so I just wanted to bring up a couple things. When faced with a child's illness, it's natural to feel overwhelmed and unsure of what the future holds. In these moments, it's crucial to remember that God has a plan for each of us and for our children. Right. So um, another verse that goes with that is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Um, Sophia, do you feel like um, there was a time where you didn't feel like God had a plan for you during medical battles and that you turned a corner and started to realize that there was a plan in all this? Yes, for sure. When I injured my right knee with my connective tissue disorder. Like the first time I've been in a hospital and things, I was like, really God, is there a plan for this? Cause then I didn't really like believe he was gonna be there for me mm -hmm. before all this. So I was like, are you gonna help me? Why am I here? And um, so when, I, when he started to heal me and he showed me all these amazing doctors and things. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, there is a plan for this. Like things turned around in four days. <laughs> yep. It's like crazy what he can do. I think our kids having their own personal experiences through something that's hard. And it, as a parent, it's really hard to, to watch them do this and walk through it with them. But I think it's crucial that they have these experiences, whatever that happens to be that, that God has decided that they're going to go through um, because there's no arguing. I mean, there is no arguing with Sophia. I'll tell you right now, if anybody, of you, any of you have met Sophia, there is literally zero arguing with her about whether God exists. And it's not because she's uh, even read the Bible or because her parents said so or because her peers or her church has told her so. She's had very personal encounters with God. So I think we need to remember that trusting in God's plan through these medical battles, teaching our kids to trust God, is an opportunity for God in, in our leadership role as a parent to lead them into having that very personal connection to watching what God's doing instead of being inside our pain. I'm, I, I feel like for you, Sophia, there were definitely times where you um, had to step outside being focused on your pain. I, and actually for you personally, because it's connective tissue disorder, if you guys don't know, um, this attacks their um, nervous system and they have um, I'm using quote fingers, injuries <laughs> um, that are basically their body saying, oh, something's wrong, you're injured, and that fires up the pain receptors in their body when actually they're not injured at all. So when she was saying she injured her knee when she was first diagnosed when she was eight, there was actually no injury. 
Um, and she was in excruciating pain for four days in the hospital. And finally they decided this is what she has because there was no explanation. And then she had a bunch of other um, uh, symptoms of it as well. But this is something she deals with. And so you have to be outside your pain. Like you have to, if you didn't know God had a plan, I mean, how would you even deal with this? I would not. That's the straight answer. I would not be able to deal with this. Like not knowing someone was there for me, someone bigger, more powerful, someone who obviously has a plan for this. I probably wouldn't have been able to deal with anything I dealt with. Yeah. Getting because needles in my arms, getting two needles in my arms, getting multiple things happening to me. Like I had to deal with pain. I had to walk around with pain. I'm walking around with pain right now. I can't <laughs> imagine a life without God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So just a couple points to this for children, understanding that God has a plan for their lives can provide comfort and a sense of purpose. And what really Sophia is talking about is purpose in this, right? What's the purpose in what I'm going through? So as a parent, encourage open conversations with your children about their feelings and remind them of God's love and guidance through their journey. This is something that as parents, we have to get on the outside of our helplessness and our emotions too. I got to tell you guys, I have done nothing but grow in my faith and in my, in, in my strength. And really my strength is God's strength, right? Amen. But through going through this with her, I had to step outside my own selfish emotions. And like I said, helplessness and fear and just be like, this is an opportunity that God's asking me to step up to and lead her to the goal that he's bringing her to through this. Like, there's a reason why she's going through this. Um, it is her testimony and she helps people with it, but she had to personally achieve so much um, revelation um, and transformation in herself during these times. And as a parent, I had to see that instead of seeing her suffering. And that was something that God did and I did not do. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I didn't do that. Okay. I'm not that enlightened. <laughs> all right. So that leads us to what really was going on during all these situations was the power of prayer. Prayer is an essential tool for parents, caregivers, and children in the fight against illness. Um, I want to bring up a verse uh, that goes with that, and that is Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Boy, have we prayed with Sophia. And I want to, I want Sophia to talk a little bit about, I'm going to say something first, but I have something I want to ask you. And so you got to prepare yourself. Sophia is very emotional about God. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe, Sophia, prepare yourself. Um, we have prayed over Sophia. We have done spiritual warfare over this. We have um, prayed for petition over for her uh, spirit and her soul, just as she's being pulled so um, aggressively uh, through this um, painful situation after situation. But Sophia has come back during all of those times, year after year, and really told us stories about how she's had her own personal prayer life developed through her pain and not through our parenting, church experiences, but strictly through her meeting God and God meeting her where she is in her bedroom privately at night or, you know, during the day or when she's, you know, rolled up in a ball in pain and God meets her there. So can you talk a little bit about how that you've developed your prayer life with God through these experiences? Yeah. So there were, I mean, there's many, many times that I didn't pray and things got better. So I was like, well, I don't need to pray, but through church and stuff, I was like, well, prayer seems very powerful because I've heard many, many stories about people getting healed, people mm -hmm. 
having an illness that would kill them and it's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, well, let's try this. And honestly, I when I injured my knee, I um with my connective tissue disorder, I honestly don't think I would have gotten as better better as fast as I did if I wouldn't have prayed. Mm-hmm. And um like when I was praying and stuff, I was able to talk to God really. Like I wouldn't be like, Thank you for this food, thank you for this day. Like not simple things like that. I would be like praying and crying in my bed and like thanking mm-hmm. him and yeah, I'd be just talking to him honestly about things going on with my life. Like, why am I dealing with this? And sometimes he'd give me answers through dreams or sometimes he wouldn't give me answers at all. But how else do you feel like he comforted you during that time um, when you didn't know the cause of the pain or when it would end or, you know, if it would ever end when you were just feeling helpless, how did God comfort you? Do you remember feeling specifically um, his comfort and how do you feel like you knew that it was him? Um, well, one of the things that comforted me was having you and dad there. And I know having you guys there at that time was a way to comfort me. And I can definitely feel like God coming off of you guys. Oh, breathe. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I just, I want to make sure that we went through that because that was something that we didn't ask her to do intentionally. I mean, we were like, okay, we'll pray about it. Cause you tell your kids like, well, God's here with you and you can pray about it. Remember she was eight at the time. So she was a lot younger and it was a lot. And having her cultivate a relationship with God in that moment. And then while she's struggling, I mean, you know, sometimes you feel like as a parent, you're asking a lot, you're like, okay, let's see if we can cultivate a prayer life, you know, but actually God did it. God did it for her. God has her. She is God's first before she is ours. She is a totally separate human being that we are here to steward and nurture and guide. And um, we are ultimately as parents, not responsible for the outcome. I feel like I'm supposed to say that right now to somebody. We are not responsible for the outcome of our own illnesses and especially for our children's illnesses. We need to be obedient. We need to pray. We need to walk with God. But ultimately, it's God doing it. It's God who healed Sophia. It's God who gave her that prayer life through her pain and her petition to him and her asking for whatever she felt like she could ask for. She didn't know exactly how to, you know, she didn't have like a a structure where she was praying, you know, liturgically. But this is something that God specifically gifted her during that time. And I think that's really important to know. Um, So prayer not only brings us closer to God, but also provides us this sense of peace and comfort, even in the most challenging circumstances. I think that's what you're saying, Sophia. So always involve your child in prayer. So this is something that's extremely important anyway, especially if they're going through something painful. Always involve them in prayer, teaching them to seek God's help and guidance in their battle. Encourage your child to share their thoughts and feelings with God and fostering a deeper relationship with God. Something that we always did was making sure that we directed her back to God. Because as parents, not only do you feel helpless, right? But you, why wouldn't you direct your child back to the to the source of your own comfort and peace? It's like, here's this medicine I take, but I'm going to withhold it from you. I'm not going to give it to you because, you know, you're my child and I don't know if you'll understand it. Like, it's the, it's the medicine. It's the miracle medicine, literally miracle, that, you, that you're taking when you go through things. Why wouldn't you pass this to your child? You know what I'm saying? So that's, some, I think, something that we need to remember as um, 
as parents. All right. So I want to go on to our next point, which is relying on God's strength. So a lot of people would say that Miss Sophia, that you are very strong. They're like, you're a warrior. You're so strong, right? And in times of trial, it's vital to remember that God is our ultimate source of strength, both for parents and children. So um, do you feel like it's been in your own strength or do you feel like that this has been 100% God's strength? Definitely God's strength because even if it was my strength, I wouldn't have that strength without God. And he's definitely the one who pulled me through everything. Like, again, I will say it over and over. I could not have done anything without God here. Mm -hmm. Like, he, it's definitely all his strength. Oh, I feel you. I, I, Sophia inspires us, by the way. So this is incredible. Um, let God work through you, through your child's experience. Children have the faith of a child. Um, they have something that they can bring to the table that we can't because we're adults and we're jaded. <laughs> and uh, that's the truth. So I want to bring up this. Oops. This verse, Psalm 46.1 is uh, good for this. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. So he is our strength, but notice it says refuge. So he is where we go and we're safe, right? He's our strength to fight the battle and to face the pain and the opposition, but also we hide in him under his wing, which I think is just such a beautiful thing. Um, Dad has a question for you. <laughs> what was it like when you when you first felt that God took away your pain and healed you? Ooh, well, let's uh, talk about Sophia's miracle. So um, I'm going to talk about it, and then you can tell us about your perspective on that. Okay. So Sophia, when she was first diagnosed, she was um, eight, like I said, and for probably a year, she dealt with pain cycles, they're called. So then you would they get pain in a certain part of their body and their nervous system thinks, oh, there's an injury going on. There's something happening. It could be anything that, or nothing that happened. And it's like, now I just have chest pain or now I have ear pain. So she would go through these cycles where um, she had what felt like a double ear infection. Both of her inner ears had, had pain for three months in a row. And when she'd get pain, it's 24 hours a day. It's not coming and going. It's all the time. And there's no explanation. And she's been to every specialist you can possibly imagine because, of course, as parents, we're thinking, well, is it the connective tissue disorder or is it something else? And we don't want to ignore anything, assuming that it's just nerve pain from her disorder and she really has a double ear infection. <laughs> so we want to make sure we're, we're addressing the issue. She had chest pain in the center of her chest for nine months. That was her last major pain cycle. Nine months, okay? So at the end of that nine month, and by the way, we went to the cardiologist, we went to everything, and she had nothing physically wrong with her. So nine months, we're in to this pain cycle. And she gets a virus that's, it, it was during COVID, but it, it wasn't COVID. She tested negative, thank God. So we're like, all right, well, whatever it is, it's a virus. And it was nasty. And she has asthma. So, and vocal cord dysfunction, by the way, <laughs> totally separate stories. So vocal cord dysfunction kind of goes along with connective tissue and it can also be a part of asthma, but she has all of that. And so anytime she gets sick, her asthma rears its ugly head and she gets uh, more sick and for longer than anyone else. Um, so we're used to, okay, Sophia, you've got a cold or you've got a virus. So now you need to nebulize like every day, every four hours or whatever. So we'd be in this nebulizing cycle with her. Well, it came down to, we couldn't keep her, um, her asthma under control. There was one night where we had to take her to the ER and we had been to the ER a lot. I mean, with her vocal cord dysfunction, um, diagnosis, uh, 
was like 10 different visits to the ER because of this cough that was so weird. And so that, again, another story, but she, she had been to the ER a lot. So that she goes to the ER for this and they have to nebulize her for two hours straight. I mean, she was really not breathing well at all. And so we were like, well, we did everything that we were trained to do. And they said, okay, we well, did everything right, but she needs to stay here and, and we need to make sure she's good before she leaves. And we were like, perfect. So, so they make sure she's breathing. Okay. When we leave, she's been nebulized like crazy. Um, we, she still has the chest pain, right? We go home. She still needs to be nebulized at home. Basically all the two hours did at the ER was got her out of the woods so that she could go home and actually go to sleep safely. Um, but she was still sick. She still had all of the virus symptoms. She still had the, to be nebulized cause she had asthma symptoms. She still had the chest pain. And I think we went to bed pretty late because we were at the ER for hours. So I want to say we went to bed, you know, probably 10 or 11 or something at night. I don't know what time it was in the morning we woke up, but we woke up in the morning to Sophia jumping around the house. We were like, what's happening? She had no chest pain, nine months of chest pain, and it was gone overnight. She had no virus symptoms. She had no asthma symptoms and she had all the energy she ever normally had. And she's running around the house screaming, praise God, praise God. And she just was like a light and it, God was all over this girl. And she's just running around upstairs and we're just like, <laughs> so we are all like, praise God. Praise. We're, just like, woo, woo. we're just running around the house like a bunch of maniacs, just praising God and, and jumping for Jesus and all these things. And it was incredible. So that was her miracle. And she really hasn't had a pain cycle like that since then um, at all. And so can you talk about your experience during that, like what God did for you through that? And I want to know your your version of that story. Yeah. So uh, going through that pain and for nine months, that's almost the whole year. <laughs> I mean, that is basically the whole year. Um but it was crazy what I went through. And I remember all the funny jokes we made, even though I was going through all these crazy things happening. And um, we got jokes. <laughs> we got all the jokes at any time, any moment. <laughs> and but being healed after many weeks, many months that was just amazing. And I was able to share my story with my friends too. And it, some of my friends, they said it really reached them. Um, but I remember telling dad that he was the first one who like came in my room or like saw me. He was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't feel any chest pain. I'm not coughing. I can jump off the walls. <laughs> I can jump off the walls. <laughs> and he was like, oh my gosh, thank God. And it was just crazy what God can do in after leaving me in pain for nine months. But that was all part of his plan. He's not leaving me there. He's he's guiding me through the forest. He's taking me on a magical trail. <laughs> Taking me to Oz, following the yellow brick road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, follow the yellow brick road to your miracle. Words of wisdom from Sophia. <laughs> so I'm over here like mom crying. <laughs> so you know what, though? Look how powerful that is. That is, I'm telling you, that was one of the hardest times we've ever been through with Sophia. It was like, 
there's just nothing left to do as a parent. You really just, I mean, and, and I didn't even get into the details of like how many nights we just laid next to her and she literally couldn't go to sleep without me laying there and rubbing her nose and humming a certain tune and covering her ears with headphones. She had so much pain that we had to do like three or four different things at once to block her pain signals to just get her like to go to sleep. And so it was nine months of just craziness like that. And as a parent, well, you don't know that you're signing up for that kind of stuff, right? But but that's what you do as a parent, and you have to rely on God. There is literally no way, I would agree with you, Sophia, that I could have gotten through some of that time without God. Because without God, I would have put it all on myself, and as if we don't already do that enough as parents. So that was extremely important. Uh, Terry's here. Good morning, Terry. How was that knee? Oh, we're still working on getting ready for surgery, Terry. Working surgery <laughs> is in June now. <laughs> so, um, Hey, you know what? We're doing pre rehab and Sophia is so ambitious. She's just doing great. She's getting ready. Um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about, okay, is cultivating hope and resilience. Cultivating is the right word. This is something that I think is part of the culture of your house. Um, hence the word cultivate. This is something that we need to remember that we're doing even when things aren't going south or people aren't in illness or sickness or your child isn't battling anything. Um, I want to talk about the importance of hope and resilience from both parents and child's perspective. As parents, our attitude can significantly impact our children's well-being. I'm going to say it for those in the back. As parents, our attitude can significantly impact our children's well-being. I just want to make sure we all hear that. <laughs> Says that kind of like an alien. Yeah. Our attitude is really important because here's the thing. We can have bad attitudes as parents. We can have bad attitudes because we're exhausted. We can have a bad attitude because we're struggling with what God's doing or not doing or what we expected him to do. We can have bad attitudes because we're hungry. <laughs> we can have bad <laughs> attitudes because we feel helpless about our children or we have parent guilt or whatever. And we have to remember that we need to go to the well ourselves and be in prayer in our prayer closets and be um, relying on God personally and filling up that bucket from the well ourselves so that we have something to pour out for our kids. And sometimes that's sucking it up and being like, guess what? I'm sorry. Mom had a bad attitude. And that's not the way that we want to be. Admitting we're wrong to our kids is extremely important. And especially when we're all struggling through a battle and just acknowledging that we're all struggling. I can't begin to tell you how many times I had to just be like, Sophia, this is really hard for us too. And I know it's harder for you, but we're all struggling together. And she felt supported. I would say, did you feel more supported in us cultivating the hope by being honest or being strong? Honest. Cause I mean, when you guys were strong. Honestly, I was trying to be strong because I'm like, I'm going to be like my parents. I'm going to be strong. I'm good. I'm good in the corner over here. Um, <laughs> but when you were more honest, I was like, okay, I can let my guard down. I mm -hmm. can be more free to share what I'm feeling mm -hmm. and like not be like, nope, I'm perfectly good. Well, my, well, my knee is causing me excruciating pain. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I would say that's a great point because Sophia really struggles with trying to be the strong one. She acts like a firstborn, like all day long. Like she was the firstborn of being a twin. <laughs> Somehow her brain has like clicked in that I was born 40 minutes earlier. So I'm the firstborn. She's definitely like the type A firstborn personality, ambitious, overachieving. 
perfectionist who God's already, you know, um, started to help her in her life with perfectionism, um, being, you know, too overachieving sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Look where overachieving got me. Yeah. I have an injured knee. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and also, um, that whole stuffing your feelings down and being like, nope, I'm being strong. I can handle this. I think when we are as parents, um, kind of, uh, suck it up and say, you know what, we're not going to be strong right now. We're going to be honest and we're going to rely on God together. And we're going to share in that, um, reliance. I think cultivating, um, hope is so extremely important. I want to also talk about resilience Um, But by remaining hopeful and resilient, we can provide a sense of security and stability for our children as they navigate their health battles. Remember to encourage your child to maintain hope and resilience by sharing uplifting stories, reinforcing their faith. Um, You know, be in conversation at a one-on-one level with them. I mean, look, they're whole other humans. They're not just extensions of us or something. That is not what children are. They are really not extensions of us, you guys. They are God's children that he has entrusted with us to care for and guide. They are his children. And when they are going through something very personal, it's very important to recognize and acknowledge that, that this is their story. When she grows up, she will have this story. It's not my childhood. It's hers. And she's going to have this as her testimony. And I'm there to help her shape those memories so that they were helpful right? And not wasted. And I think that's something that was really important to us that we were like, this is not going to be a waste. This is not going to be in vain. We are not going to let her go through this garbage. Like I said, we were all garbage at the time because it was like garbage. It was too much, too much pain for our child. We were like, we're not letting her go through this garbage for nothing. So we were really intent on like, okay, what can we learn from this? Where can we go? But also helping her understand that it's okay to have grace for yourself and just have a crappy day. I think that's really important too. We don't want to always be striving to learn and grow. And then the child doesn't even have a chance to understand that they can sit in their feelings. They can process. Processing your feelings is extremely important. Um, Do you ever remember a time where you felt like you just couldn't be strong and you just needed to process and just sit in it? Uh, Well, yeah, there were things where like, I remember one time you guys were like doing a studio broadcast and I simply was walking down the stairs and I hurt my ankle and I felt that I needed to be strong. But when you guys came down, I was like, mom, I hurt my knee <laughs> or my ankle. <laughs> yeah. So it's more reassuring when mm-hmm. parents are there to comfort and not they're not being strong. They're being honest. They're being helpful. Things like that. Well, and I think that's really important because me. Sophia and I are a lot alike. That's why we we can relate so well. I am a recovering perfectionist and overachiever myself. Very type A. Also, and um, something that God's really been working with me on is to lean more on him. And it's not the the faith part, like, oh, lean on God and have faith that God's going to do it. Oh, I I have that. But my problem is, is that I feel like I, I always think that I automatically have to carry stuff instead of just throwing it on God and saying, you know what? I'm not going to try to achieve that. I'm not going to have it be me that tries to achieve that. And I think showing our kids that they don't have to try to achieve healing on their own, they can lean on us, is something really important because as they grow older, they're going to have to learn to do that with God. 
And I think a lot of people, this is a whole other conversation, but if you ever, uh, if you're a person that grew up where you didn't have parents to lean on, like they weren't your source of strength and stability, you can really tend to turn out as a, a person like me who is very much reliant on yourself. And so being a person that is um, deeply faithful I have to, I go through that battle between relying on God and relying on myself. And it's not about me thinking my plan is better. I'm just, I grew up being like, I got to rely on myself, right? So teaching your child this early so they understand the concept of letting go and relying on a stable, strong, um, you know, resourceful uh, human being, another person is a really good setup for relying on God, especially when they're already going through something like this as a young person. They learn early to not only rely on you, like I just said, but also to rely on God. So it all works together. So when they're an adult, they're not struggling so much with giving it to God, relying on God. They're not carrying it all. They're not shoving all their feelings down. They're not trying to always be the strong one so to, a, to a fault, right? Would you say that you agree with those thoughts? Do you think that that's kind of how it's gone for you or do you have different thoughts? Yeah, I'd say that. And uh, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Um, I have another question for you. Do you have any favorite scriptures or worship songs that help you get through your pain? Okay. Yes, I do. Um, so my favorite scripture of all time would be First John four ten. This is real love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his one and only son to die on the cross and save us from our sins. I've memorized that one since I was like, <laughs> um but that's my favorite because um it helps it helps remind me that he loves me and he would do anything for me he would do anything for us because he sent his son jesus to die on the cross for us and none of us deserve that none of us because we're human and we're imperfect and we're sinners things like that and Worship songs, I have many. She has a billion uh, favorite worship songs, <laughs> for those of you wondering. They're all on my phone, but my favorite artist who most of the songs come from are, is Francesca Bastastelli or something Francesca, like that. Francesca um, yeah, is her know last name. But Somebody out there, a good help artist. us rescue us. Francesca, is it Bastelli <laughs> or Baskelli? It's Bastastelli. Something like that. <laughs> But go ahead. So what's your, you have another favorite artist. That, oh yeah. That you would die if you got to see her in concert. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Her name's Lauren Daigle. We know that one for sure. <laughs> but her new song is definitely my favorite. Oh uh, yeah. I love her new song. It's a good song. I forgot what it's called, but it's, it's really good. Relaxing. Her songs really help me relax too. Like when I'm in dying pain, I'm, it helps me like chill out and be like, Oh, okay. I'm at the beach. <laughs> That's how relaxing it gets. Mm -hmm. No, and I, I totally um, encourage you guys as parents, remember, um, I think it's important to teach your child to depend on God's strength by sharing relevant scriptures. So like, that's why she has favorite scriptures, stories of faith. I think stories of faith are extremely helpful. Okay. Not only from the Bible, but from people that we know, they need to know that there's evidence of this. Help them understand that they're not alone in their struggle and that God is always with them. I think sharing um, worship music. For me, music in general, and I know that Sophia is the same, um, but 
music in general is very healing. And um, I would say grounding, meaning it resets me. If I have any anxiety or overwhelm, even when I'm working, I just am like, ah, my brain's like going in three directions. I'll put music on in my ears and block all the other noise out. And immediately I have a physical response. Um, immediately I have a physical response of peace, um, uh, you know, wellness, wholeness, and uh, centeredness. I'm just like on one track now. I'm hearing one thing and all of my body relaxes and I can move forward and I can think clearly. Music is extremely powerful and it is definitely um, from God because I know that a lot of people use music for healing. And I know that Sophia has definitely used music for healing and for um, giving her uh, a, a sense of peace and um, wholeness when she's dealing with her brain sending pain cycles and signals everywhere. So I think that that's um, something that's practical, right, that you could share with your children. Um, so let me bring up this last verse. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is important to bring up and, and simply just because as parents, this is this is for us. This is the overflow that, of hope by the power of the Holy Spirit is what God's giving us for our kids. And the only way to get that is to um, get that from God. Our trust in God edifies our spirit, edifies the body, and gives us the well from which we pull from, like I said earlier. Miss um, Martha says, thank you for sharing today. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Sophia has been nothing but excited and elated <laughs> to share today, I will tell you. Um, and I think that we can see her being on our podcast in the future. Um, she's, she's like, hey, what? Um, but we always leave you with a question of the week. So question of the week. Question of the week. That's right. Question of the week is, how can we as parents better support and empower our children to actively, keyword, actively participate in their spiritual journey and lean on their faith as they face medical challenges? Um, there's that balance that we need to find in there of supporting them comp compassionately, but also challenging them in their faith to find the growth and to look at what God's doing on the outside of their struggle. And um, I think that there's so much to be found in that. So that's something we want to ponder this week. Um, hopefully, uh, this has definitely given you um, something to ponder when it comes to your own medical battles, um, hold on. I'm, I have questions coming in here. Oh, thank you for stepping in for dad, Sophia. <laughs> dad says, thank you. Just saying. <laughs> um, and I, I just think that it's, it was an opportunity. It was a God thing. God wanted you to tell your story today. So I think that that's really important. Um, and then Terry says praying for complete healing and, and, and the spirit guides the doctor's hands. Yes, sir. We agree in prayer. Um, and so, as we ponder this question of the week, how can we as parents support and better empower our kids? Um, you know, look at your kids as human beings, as people, and ask them how you can empower them. I know as with Sophia, one of the, the most powerful questions we ever asked her is, what do you need? Yes. <laughs> and not saying, I know what you need, but asking her what she needs. If they feel like their needs are met, they feel supported, they feel heard, and they feel safe, and they feel um, that they can trust your connection with God so that they can cultivate their connection with God, then no time has been wasted. And that everything they're going through is extremely powerful. 
And I think that you can come closer and closer as a family through these things instead of becoming weaker and more divided. All right. So that's a wrap for today. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to Faith Unregulated wherever you listen to your favorite podcast so you don't miss a single episode where we discuss having bold faith, building strong character, and taking fearless action. Again, we are your hosts, Javi and Jessica Madrigal. And if you have any questions or comments regarding this or any of our episodes, feel free to reach out at support at Javi and Jessica Madrigal.com. That's support at Javi, J-A-V-I-E and Jessica, J-E-S-S-I-C-A Madrigal, M-A-D-R-I-G-A-L.com. Thank you, everybody, and have a blessed week.